0: With your host, Robert Anderson, he, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now, here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Our show today is going to be on the power of speech and I'll begin with this. There are three things you should think about before you speak. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And that's a quote that I heard from Sarah McKechnie, who of course is the president of Lucy's Trust and is here with us today. And uh, I like that a lot because so often words are uh, wasted and so often we don't examine our thoughts. And it's very good to place a high value on our thoughts because everything that we say really affects other people. Uh, Sarah, tell us more about that uh, quote because I think that's good. Let me just say it one more time for people because I think we should all adopt this thought. There are three things you should think about before you speak. Is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary?
0: Well, first of all, I would have to say that uh, I did not originate that comment, and secondly, I'd have to say that I don't always live by it by any means. (laughs) Maybe that's why it meant so much to me. It was a revelation. I don't know where I came across it, but I shared it in a, a talk I gave last fall at a symposium that we held, and one of the people attending is a junior high school teacher. She thought it was a really interesting insight, too, so she took it into her classroom, and put it on the wall of the classroom and discussed it with her students. And they thought it was quite fascinating, too. And, in fact, they began to use it as a way of attacking each other when one (laughs) of them would get off some really snappy retort. Another one would say, now, was that really necessary? So I Hmm. guess we all, it hits home, doesn't it?
1: It certainly does. It it really does. And I like another uh, thought from Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust. And it's a wonderful thought and it is as follows. The purpose of all speech is to clothe thought and thus make our thoughts available for others. When we speak, we evoke a thought and make it present, and we bring that which is concealed within us into audible expression. Speech reveals, and right speech can create a form of beneficent purpose, just as wrong speech can produce a form which has a malignant objective. Without realizing this, however, ceaselessly and irresponsibly, day after day, we speak. We use words, we multiply sounds, and surround ourselves with form worlds of our own creation. Is it not essential, therefore, that before we speak, we should think?" I think that's a very profound statement. Mm -hmm. It really is.
0: Mm It gets to the essence of speech, which really carries on from the, the initial uh, opening comment, is it true, is it kind, is it necessary? That also is based on the recognition that when we speak, we we give substance to an idea, and we, we in a sense, anchor it on the plane of conscious communication with others. That doesn't mean that... Um, Staying silent doesn't have its own kind of communication mm-hmm. because our the thoughts we think are also communicated. But there's something about speech that really propels uh, an attitude or an idea or a concept into a, a kind of a, a cannonball that can strike others in a way that's either good yeah. or or very harmful. There's a real power to the spoken word.
1: There's a seen that... Uh does it seem that there is more talk than than ever, and and if so, what is what does that indicate, if anything? I think there is more talk
2: today, yes, than and it's because the um, well, there's been a speeding up of communications, and that's added a lot to our speech. I mean, everybody's walking around with their cell phones and they're constantly talking <laughs> and,
0: uh, the uh, and the internet,
2: the internet, and uh, although they're not. Speaking with sound, there is speaking with uh, with words <coughs> over the internet, perhaps in chat rooms and so forth. Uh, but um, the these getting back to the <laughs> cell phones, I mean, it's so much blather. <laughs> yeah. If you excuse the expression, about I think of what people are talking about. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of substance, but there's a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 spending a lot of energy.
0: Yeah. Does that
1: indicate anything, that uh, there is so much talk? Is it a sign of the times, I guess? Or does it have any meaning that we're talking so voraciously these days?
0: Well, I think it probably indicates that people are highly um, agitated and energized today and probably the effect of all the media, television, radio, uh, the Internet, uh, uh, computers, uh, all of this is is agitating the, the minds of people, and that's probably demonstrated in the fact that everybody's talking constantly and communicating. Mm. There's a need to, to communicate, but most people are just making noise a lot of the time, and most people includes me in that. Real communication means literally to share in common, and if you think of that definition... Uh, that makes you re, re- evaluate, uh whether what you are talking about with another person is uh, really necessary. Does it I really think. communicate, share in common?
1: And uh, I've been thinking about what you said earlier too about the effect of speech that we have on people. And I think you're right. With speech, we can either lift people up and bring them to the heights of their uh, self-respect and get them to really uh, think well of themselves and turn them around, maybe even, as far as attitudes, opinions, um, uh, their self-image. And then we can also, as you said before, we can also bring them down low with speech, especially if, uh, if the person speaking is someone who we have a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. We have to really know that uh, we have to be aware that speech is very powerful, uh, just as the subject of, of this discussion is, the title of the show, The Power of Speech. So with speech, we can do a lot of harm. Or We can do a lot of good. We can change the world with speech for the positive or
0: the negative. I suppose it all depends on what our underlying purpose is when we speak. Uh, what, what's the, the reason for us to speak in the way we do? If we could really get at what's mobilizing our thinking process, a lot of the time it might be a desire to put another person straight, to yeah. set them straight. Mm-hmm. we we have this phrase I just wanted to get it off my chest and people speak that way in a way that can cause so much harm because they're not thinking about communicating they're not thinking about sharing something in common with another and achieving a deeper level of understanding they're just expressing themselves they're releasing force yes. so that they will be unburdened and that's I think where a lot of the harm comes in.
1: And it's amazing that I think we remember as we look back on our lives, I think we we remember every harsh word that was ever said to us. I, I we're like tape recorders with mm-hmm. that. And, and a tell lot of times the yeah. harsh
0: words we've said it yeah, goes both ways.
1: And uh harsh words seem to take on a life of their own and we can't recall them mm-hmm. once they've been said. Even an apology sometimes doesn't do it because the other person has been wounded. Mm-hmm and it's difficult to, to bring them back, to recall it, and it's similar to that saying that you can't really unring a bell. So I think it's it's really good to do what Alice Bailey suggests, and that is that we should really, speech is so important and so powerful that we should really think before we do speak.
0: She said another thing, which is very brief. She said, talk less and love more.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that one, too. Yeah. But what can, What can we learn about a person just by the way he or she speaks? I think we can learn a lot. Uh, we can know
2: by our speech. We uh, we can learn things by the words they use, the uh, intonation, or the, uh, the refinement of their speech, whether it's crude or whether it's, uh, you know, cultured. Uh, that says a lot about the person, and um, whether their command of the language or mm-hmm. not. Um, there are there are many things that we can learn and uh because when people speak they're revealing or they're bringing through what they are on the inside mm-hmm. that's one of the purposes of speech as it says in that uh, quote the purpose of all speech is to clothe thought and thus make our thoughts available for others and uh we We reveal, we bring, as the quote says, we bring that which is concealed within us into audible expression. And the way we speak and the words that we use when we speak uh, convey a lot about that inner person, what we are inside.
0: And it may not be what the person intended to reveal. Right. Something Mm. um, that he or she uh, is not aware of might be coming through and that's where uh it's so hard to to know how one is really um expressing oneself and how another person is receiving what one says. It comes from us but we aren't on the receiving end.
1: Yeah. Why why is speech so powerful? I think to some extent we've answered that already. Uh but would you have anything that you might add to that and uh and also can it be ex- an expression of spiritual power?
0: Absolutely. Uh it can be an expression of spiritual consciousness. Sound, as I understand it, is a medium uh, that um, conveys power. If you look at the, um, the, pra- the power of prayers and incantations and chants and hymns in all world cultures and religions, sound is used to approach God or to approach mm-hmm. divinity and to appeal, to invoke... Uh, the presence of divinity in the world and in one's life. That's done through sound, through words. So it is a medium of power, and it can be an expression of great spiritual power, not only in the way that it's used to approach God, but in the way that we speak to other human beings. What I mean is um, the capacity we have to express understanding Mm -hmm. or to find sometimes just the right thing to say to another person, just the, the right uh, idea said at the right time can be enough to give someone who's really struggling or suffering enough uh, insight to come out of whatever the, the situation uh, is that's causing them such difficulty. There's, um, there's an ancient uh, spiritual text that says about speech, Enter thy brother's heart and see his woe, then speak. Speak. Mm-hmm. Let the word spoken convey to him the potent force he needs to loose his chains, yet loose them not thyself. In other words, what we say can help set a person free to do the work he needs to do to liberate himself.
1: Yeah, that's well said, and it must be highly spiritual, too, because the beginning of Genesis, of Scripture, is in the beginning there was the word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... How much more? And the word
0: was God. And the,
1: and the word, word was, was God, God, and
2: and, yeah. and, and to go on from that. The world was made by the word of God, and uh, God spoke, and the worlds were created. Mm-hmm. And but uh, He hasn't finished His sentence yet. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's more to do because <laughs> it hasn't reached perfection.
1: And it's interesting. I don't. And this goes back to ancient uh, writings that I was reading not too long ago. But tied up with uh, the beginning of Genesis was the word. And I wouldn't want to defend this because I read little, very little about it, but it does uh, give me pause for thought, and that is that um, uh, along with that was in the beginning there was the frequency, uh, which I guess those people who are aware of what I'm talking about might be insightful enough to understand how powerful the word just is from that statement, too.
0: Well, there's well, that, another word for God, which is logos, I believe. I yeah. don't know, is it from Sanskrit? Or, yeah. uh, and logos means word.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's um, it gives an example of the creative power of of sound, because I mean, if God uses sound to create the world and everything upon the world, mm. then you can see how uh, what a powerful uh, source of energy this is using sound. Yes. Everything vibrates, mm-hmm. and
0: um, and we're mm-hmm. wielding that power when we speak.
2: <coughs> that's right, absolutely, mm-hmm. and so that's why our thoughts are things we uh every time we speak, we are using sound to uh, uh, create patterns in substance in mental substance and if we could see uh on these inner more subtle planes uh we could see actually see thought forms they are forms that are created in um, emotional and mental substance and These these forms that we create when we speak, uh, are stay with us. They're in our aura. They stay present with us, and uh, they kind of create the atmosphere uh, that we build around ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we, we, if we think that what we say is gone and is disappears, then I don't think that's quite right. I think because a lot of our thoughts just they hang around, and as long as we uh, give them life and direction, they will remain alive. They're, they are actual things and forms, but on a very subtle level. Of
1: That's profoundly interesting. I just want to remind people that, especially for those people who just tuned in, we're listening to Inner Sight, which is sponsored by Lewis Trust, and we're here with uh, Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lewis Lewis's Trust, And our subject today is The Power of Speech. And a lot of people out there might want to order our uh, books. We have so many books. We have a wealth of books. And we always recommend, we always start off by recommending the book by Alice Bailey, her autobiography. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust. And that will familiarize one with uh, the beginnings of the Lucis Trust organization and some of the uh, challenges that um, Alice Bailey had to encounter as she helped to create this organization. But to order our books, cassette tapes of the radio shows, and the cassette tapes are a nominal fee, um, you can do so. Um, You can order them through the following. That is Lucis Trust, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, One Triple Zero Five. You can write to us, uh, order them. Or if you are near... Barnes and Noble, or uh, if you'd like to order from Amazon.com or Borders. Uh, those are other locations where you can order our books. Uh, the website, our website is www.lucistrust.org, or you can email us, New York at lucistrust.org. That's New York at lucistrust.org. What book, uh, uh, Sarah, would you recommend for right speech? Uh, we've talked about Alice Bailey, and she certainly spoke the King's English, having come from Britain. Uh, yeah, but
0: It's difficult to say because uh, speech is uh, a subject that's kind of threaded through all 24 books, but perhaps uh, a compilation of extracts from her books called Serving Humanity would be mm-hmm. a good one to read because with that approach... The, the goal of serving others, that's the conditioning force that can make us get control of our speech and use it as a means of healing and bridging uh, differences. So that might be a good one, serving humanity. Yeah,
1: serving humanity then, and always uh, the autobiography to start us off. And we mm-hmm. might also say, too, that uh, uh, Lucis Trust is, well, we thrive and exist uh, primarily upon the donations of people like yourself out there in the listening audience. and Generally the way it happens uh, is that people buy the books, they read the books, and very often they get very enthralled and interested and their ideas become challenged. They begin to examine their own lives and very often uh, people re-examine a lot of their values too. um, Who they are and uh, how we handle adversity, how we cope with life in general, how to be happy people, how to be joyous. And I think you'll find them profoundly interesting, as I have. But I'd like to move on with our show at this uh, at this particular point. And I think my next question will be along the idea of what are the positive and negative aspects of speech, and can it be a way to serve others?
0: Well, certainly uh, some of the negative aspects of speech include gossip, uh, criticism, selfish um, words, uh, the hateful hate speech that uh, uh, we we all are guilty of, I suppose, and that uh, uh, brings those amazing discussions about whether free speech uh, uh, entitles one to say things that are truly hateful and uh, endangering to others. Mm-hmm. But um, there's another kind of speech that can be negative. It's the light, bantering speech that wastes energy, in a sense, and really doesn't accomplish much. We talk about uh, people uh, being all talk, no action, and that is um, an example of that. The United Nations is another example where often the accusation is made that they just talk, but... Without that talk, who knows how many uh, conflicts might have precipitated into war. Mm -hmm. So talk can be a way of working through differences and achieving some kind of understanding. Sometimes it's very laborious, but certainly the UN's an example that that old cliche, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Uh, It's not true. Words do harm, and there have been some terrible things said within the United Nations uh, debate uh, against different nations and peoples that uh, that do wound.
1: Words mean so much, and uh, they mean so much to children who are so vulnerable and innocent, and they look up to adults, and they often look up to adults for self-definition. And Mm. I remember where I grew up, I remember this uh, one man who owned a grocery store, and he had five sons, and it was a, a tragedy, really. He was up on the ladder one day, and I had just uh, been playing with him outside, and I was very young myself, maybe 10 years old, and I walked into the store, and uh, he was on the ladder, ladder. I think his name was Armando, a very nice guy who my family had known for quite a while, and he was on top of the ladder, and he was in his store stacking the shelves, and he yelled out, Hey, stupid! And all five boys came running to the front. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's... Uh, uh, it's a shame because they had an image of themselves that <laughs> so they responded to that name. But but see what we do with kids is and what we say to them is so important. And and none of those boys ever graduated from high school either. And I'm wondering whether or not that had something to do That's with fulfilling. with the uh, with the father's perception of living this uh, way of uh, alluding to them. But is it ever appropriate to speak forcefully? Uh, and and also tied in with that is uh, how can one do this without really harming someone because forceful speech can certainly uh, touch live nerves and how can, and if it has to be done how can we do it without harming people?
0: That's dangerous, but I'll let Dale yeah. take us. <laughs> second well, first. I, I,
1: I don't know. I think uh,
2: yes, one can speak forcefully, but uh, I think it's the intent behind your words. If you if the intent is to wound or to hurt another person. Then uh, you, that's going to be uh, um, that's going to be heard in the voice, and uh, one can speak forcefully because parents have to speak forcefully to their children very often. Mm. But um, if, the, if the parents love the children, which hopefully they do, then that's going to come through in their voice too. I mean,
0: uh, wouldn't you say that the goal would be understanding? You can speak. Forcefully, if you are genuinely trying to to create a greater understanding. Sure. But if you speak forcefully to set someone straight, uh, to express anger, to uh, put them right, then that's uh, speaking forcefully in a way that harms?
2: Sometimes, yes. Sometimes you have to speak forcefully because uh, uh, someone is going to do something that's destructive and may disturb. You know, be destructive for, on himself or herself and you have to get the point across <clears throat> don't do this otherwise uh, something bad will happen so I mean there are times when being forceful is necessary I mean it's like tough love and yeah. all that mm-hmm. yeah
1: I absolutely agree with you on that one.
0: But it doesn't demolish the self-image that the person has. Uh, you could speak forcefully yeah. and truthfully without undermining the very foundation of another person's sense of self-worth.
1: Yeah. And I think when you uh, speak forcefully in, in that way, I think also deep within the other person is a knowledge that you're really exuding tough love.
0: Mm-hmm. But why
1: is it so difficult to learn to speak uh, proportionately or appropriately?
0: because we don't see the whole picture, because we don't have a corner on the uh, complete truth. Each of us sees reality in terms of our own point of reference, but it's only one point of reference. It's not the complete Mm -hmm. view. And uh, we forget that. So we speak as if we have the completed uh, uh, understanding of a situation, and we don't. And uh, speaking proportionately also means that one learns to speak in a way that another person can hear and receive. There's a technique called "By Thy God, which Mm -hmm. is um, an interesting way of saying you speak to another person according to his or her values and beliefs, not yours, not your own values and beliefs, so much as speaking in a way that they can respond to and be inspired by.
1: I think that's very important because when we're speaking to... uh I don't mean to, talk, to say that it's advisable to or that one should view it as talking down to people, but it's very important to use the language for the person and, uh, to, and we have to remember the purpose of speech is to communicate and if we're using language that people are not familiar with, then it's not going to be effective speech. But what are, since we've all established here that, spe- uh, that speech is so powerful and so important important, what are some of the techniques for learning to speak harmlessly?
0: Well, one is, uh, as I said, to remember that we don't um, possess the whole truth. We can preface our views with uh, something like, in my opinion, or I see what you mean. Perhaps another point to consider is something that indicates that you realize your own viewpoint is just your viewpoint and not the complete truth. Yes. Another example would be to never speak or write when you're angry. Wait until you've calmed down. That's
1: a good point. Yeah.
0: Never, ever write a letter when you're angry. Ever. That should be a rule everybody follows. You'll yeah, live to uh, regret it.
1: You're, you're absolutely right about that.
0: And but another technique is uh, one that uh, many people uh, do each day at 5 o'clock when they take a moment to link up with the divinity within and they pledge themselves, may I fulfill my part in the plan of God through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. And then do an evening review at night before you fall asleep, looking back over your day and trying to evaluate, how did I use speech today?
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's very true. That's very important. It's, um, uh, speech can be so powerful. I think we've touched uh, on that in so many ways during this show. But harmlessness is too important too. I think what you said before. I, w- I want to uh, make a comment on that, and that is criti- criticism. I think that speech is o- always so often takes the form of criticism, and I think we should think before we criticize. Criticize can be so har- criticism can be so harmful. But we'd like to um, say too that in closing, we might want you to ponder on this thought, and that is goodwill, is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action it is the energy that draws us together in right relationship and there's a world prayer called the Great Invocation it's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts let's listen for a moment to these powerful words
0: from the point of light within the mind of God